Welcome to Vibrant Visionaries. My name is Heidi Bennett, and this is the podcast where I talk with immensely creative folks about their creative projects and process. Right around this time of year, I'm often talking with folks that are involved in films that debuted at Fantastic Fest. This is true for today's guest. Robert Allaire is a composer, and if you listened to Season 2, Episode 45 with Maria Bissell, she's the writer and director of How to Deter a Robber, and Robert is the composer for that film. So I reached out to him and talking with him about this stuff reminded me of a great documentary that I saw on Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime, I highly recommend checking out Making Waves, The Art of Cinematic Sound. It really takes you step by step through the whole process of combining music and all the different elements of sound design to create films. So check that out. That's my hot wreck (laughs) making waves, the art of cinematic sound. So let me talk a little bit about Robert. According to his website, he is a Los Angeles-based composer whose work is at the intersection of music and sound design, has garnered accolades from LA Weekly and the New York Times. His style fuses dark electronics, contemporary experimental techniques, and bold orchestral writing into a unique voice which has been heard in films, video games, and over 1,000 episodes of television. Robert's egalitarian approach to a diverse range of musical styles has led him to a wide variety in his film work. In 2018, he composed a classic action-adventure score for MGM's prequel series Stargate Origins. He provided an intimate romantic orchestral score for Dennis Houck's bold debut feature Too Late, a metal-infused noise score featuring the sound of razor blades on guitar strings for Adam Egypt Mortimer's feminist slasher Some Kind of Hate, and a dark, glitchy electronic score for Sony's video game Kill Strain. So you can check out more of what he's done, including working with American Horror Story and on Bioshock and all sorts of other interesting upcoming cool things over at alairemusic.com. Let's get into the conversation. All right, so I have Robert Allaire on today. I'm so excited to talk with him. Welcome, Robert. Uh, hi, yes, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so glad. Uh, so we, um, a full disclosure, everybody. So this is a way you can do this. I saw the film that Robert was the composer for, which is How to Deter a Robber. And I did get the opportunity to, um, you know, book a recording conversation, record a conversation with Maria, the writer and director. But I was so fascinated with the the music that I just directly contacted Robert through Instagram and he was game for talking with me. So, yeah, thanks for that, Robert. Yeah, of course. It's uh, it's I, I'm always happy to talk about myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I had a couple of questions. I was just, I was sort of fascinated with everything sound wise with this movie. Like I loved, you know, the songs that were chosen for it and the composition and the sound editing, the sound design. And so I was just kind of curious, like for an indie movie, especially like this one, what, what part of that whole process were you a part of 
And how does it even get kind of started? I guess that's two questions. Yeah. Maria had reached out to me about um, working on the film. And by that point, there was already a, a pretty... Uh, you know, pretty far along cut. So I was able to watch it and I, and I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. And so, you know, once, once we um, agreed to work together, you know, you, you know, at that point we sit down and watch through the film and kind of come up with ideas about where the music's going to go and what the tone of the music should be and, and, and what we're kind of after. So, and so it's, it's interesting. I mean, depending on the filmmaker, some filmmakers want me to be somewhat involved in choosing the songs because there are a lot of songs in this film, like Christmas songs and other types of things like that. And so in this case, Marie and I were constantly talking about it and going back and forth about what those options were going to be. Uh, and it was sometimes a question of whether or not I was going to cover, you know, write something for some of those sections or if she was going to find something else to th that felt more like a song to put in. So... Um, in this case, I was pretty involved in all that. As far as the sound goes, I'm usually not that involved. I'll sometimes be, usually not until the final mix stage when we're all balancing the music and dialogue and sound. Sometimes I'll, you know, have some thoughts, but it's it's not necessarily my domain. And I prefer, you know, there's someone who's dedicated to that process. And so, you know, I like to let them kind of have free reign of what they want to do. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I think I've just been noticing sound lately more. So I was just like, how did this all come together? Because it's just so cohesive, the layering of, I guess, let's talk about the music since we're not here to talk about that part, the sound editing <laughs> and the sound design. But the, what did come out of these conversations with Maria as far as tone? Because it sort of moves in a few different places. Like I felt like there was this jauntiness kind of almost like a couple of little Western parts and then almost like some noir feeling. It's like playful and moody and I don't know, went to a lot of different cool places. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. I do actually want to, to, to go back to something, though, which is that I think one of the reasons for this film in particular that the sound and music and everything feels really cohesive is because Maria had a very clear vision and I think the edit, the picture edit really showed that, you know, there are a lot of rapid cuts mm -hmm. um, that build to, you know, they either build to a joke or a reveal. And so that was pretty obvious that, you know, there's going to be sound and music there and it's going to, we're going to land on a moment. And so I think it was just sort of built into the design of the, of the film. And so even though I didn't coordinate too closely with the sound department, we, we just kind of knew because the, the clarity was just there on the picture edit. And so we, we just kind of knew what we were going for and, and were able to land there pretty easily. So I think, I think it says a lot about just the way Maria sort of envisioned the film and, and had cut it together that allowed us to do that. Cool. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. And then so as far as tone, it's, it's interesting because it's, you know, it's a dark comedy. There were, we were constantly trying to sort of straddle this line between is this making things feel fun and not necessarily dangerous at times? And then at other times, we wanted it to feel serious and dangerous. And I think that interplay of, I, I think in a lot of, in a, in a film like this, it is important that there, there's a comedy aspect to it, that the drama is real and the thriller aspects are real and that the, the, the story itself has stakes that matter. And so we were constantly trying to, you know, at times 
impress that yes, these are real stakes and there's a, there are serious things happening here. And then we would get into, you know, a humorous situation where you kind of feel, well, the robbers are kind of bumbling and, and there's sort of cute aspect to it. And so in those moments, we would try to like soften, soften the danger. And, and in fact, you know, Murray was really good about having tent music in the film to kind of communicate what she had in mind. But there were long stretches, particularly in the middle of the film in the, in the house where uh, there was no tent music. And, and it felt, watching those scenes without music, it felt very dangerous and awkward. And, and so there were jokes that were happening that just, they didn't feel funny. They felt, it felt awkward and scary because, you know, this scenario of, you know, home invaders is a scary situation. And so what we would do is we would bring the music in in a way that had these humorous connotations and would sort of soften the danger. So then all of a sudden these jokes start to land and you start to, it, it kind of gives you permission, I think, to relax and say like, okay, I, I'm just on board for, for the ride and just ready to see whatever happens. Listening to you describe that and say soften, I feel like when you go to Fantastic Fest, they're very good at um, actually giving symbols of what are some of the different themes and ideas that are going to be explored in a film. And then you can choose what films you're going to see based on, like, if you're triggered by certain things or, you know, like to, you know, watch a cult movie or something like that. And so sure. I chose to watch this film, especially because it's it seemed symbol-wise <laughs> that it was going to be something that I enjoyed. But yeah, you never know, like in sound play, sound and music and all that play such an important role in that journey and how you feel. And so, yeah, I, I felt like, ooh, I don't know what's going to happen next. And, and I do feel like Although the story was easy, very easy to follow, it didn't have a lot of tropes where I think like, oh, you know, this happened in the first act, so I bet I know it's going to happen in the third act, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was clever and um, unique in that way. But also, yeah, with the the whole story and the, the gentleness of it, there are places of tension, but it's not that gut-wrenching, um, heightened so much tensity that you're, you know, getting a stomachache. Right, right, <laughs> wondering right. What's going to happen next? So I really felt like the music and the film itself had like this timelessness to it. Like it wasn't like so trendy. Like yes, yeah. you're going to put it in a certain spot because they have cell phones or whatever. But it's, I really felt like, oh, I'm ready to have this be one of those, you know, Christmas time movies that I throw on and and just enjoy hanging out with these people. And for sure, the music had a big part of that. I never felt manipulated by it or like, this is marking, this is a 2020 composer and that's, <laughs> right, right. I don't know. Yeah, there's just, so I, that really stood out to me. And I wondered, how does that play into your choices of, of composing? Like that it's going to be something that's sort of stands the test of time. Well, you know, I, I think that, you know, really, at the end of the day, I'm I'm responding to what I'm looking at and what I'm feeling watching the film and what I think the sort of intent is. And so, you know, it's it's interesting that you, you know, I, I you can watch uh, or, or hear a lot of scores that are manipulative. And I think all scores by nature are manipulative. You know, we are, like I said, it's, you know, there's, if this scene feels too dangerous and it shouldn't, 
I'm going to do something in the music to soften that and, and give us permission to laugh. Or if this other scene, you know, we really want to uh, give the impression of seriousness and danger, you know, I'm going to find a way to do that. But I think the key is I never felt in this film that I was putting something, I, I never felt like I was adding something that wasn't already there. So it's in a sense, what I like to do is I look at it as a scene plays out and there are these emotions, they're in the performance, they're in the writing, they're in the cutting, they're in all of that, um, those aspects of it. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find something that's already there and I can either amplify it or I can push something down a little bit. So it's almost like I'm, it's, it's, it's like I'm sonically bringing out things that I think we're trying to communicate a little bit given um, what, what the scene is trying to say. But it's very rare that I it's very rare that I will try to add something that isn't already there. And I find often that that actually doesn't work. So it's it's in a, in a similar way, I think it says a lot about the filmmaking uh, and Maria's direction and her intent that, you know, that I was able to say, have a moment that starts out as a very sort of thriller, serious moment, and then very quickly just spin it into a comic moment, and then very quickly spin back to a serious moment. And that sort of agility, I think, is 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 baked into just the essence of what the film is. I watched this a few nights ago and then rewatched it this morning, just the first 15, 20 minutes of it, just to kind of remind myself. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. I'm already hearing even with the dialogue you know a lot of times you're just sort of you know wrapped in the in the story and maybe miss or you know some of the set design and stuff like that you mentioned that you did assist her with some of the song selection and that was something else that really stood out to me as well like the it's so easy to go oh well this is set around christmas time let's pull out the old chestnuts you know but yeah, this is yeah, like yeah. more um yeah, again, like sometimes really playful, kind of like uh, 60s poppy covers of, of Christmas classics and then some other like deep and moody and very different tone setting as well with, with the song selection. What part did you specifically play in that? Yeah, well, so, so for most of that, we, you know, when, when I say I assisted her, really, she, she would find a song and then say, what do you think of this? And and 90% of the time, I would say, oh, it's perfect because it's got, you know, I think her intuition in that was mostly right on. And and I found it interesting that she went for this, really liked, was really attracted to this sort of vintage sound, which I think might add to that timeless quality of the film. So the the biggest part I played is I, I did help re-record, um, basically do a cover version of the opening song. So I found a new vocalist and, and recorded some new parts, but it's, you know, it was already, it's a song that was already written and um, kind of re-timed it to match the opening so that it hit certain beats um, to, to kind of introduce us to the robbers and land us on this kind of nice beat with the title. So that was probably the most involved I was, was, was re essentially re-recording that song. So, okay, so just to make sure I understand what you're saying. So the song exists in the beginning, but then it also is comes up later when the robbers are introduced so, as a separate recording so the, by so a the different So the opening song, the opening song was, is, a, is, a, is a song that Maria licensed, but we, we re-recorded we our own version for the oh, opening. Okay. 
Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. So yeah, so we I, got a, so we got a new vocalist, and we and we recorded some some other parts in, and that's kind of what the opening of the film is. So yeah, what else? As we kind of wrap up for this conversation, what else would you like to share about just anything around this project? I mean, I really loved working on this project, and and I think it's it's rare to be able to have the opportunity to explore you know, these different sound worlds in, in an interesting way. So, you know, for the, the robber sounds and a lot of these more dramatic areas, you know, it's being able to lean into that thriller kind of music and that really dark, unusual sound textures is something I really love doing. But then I, as uh, a counterpart to that, I was able to um, record a great string quartet in Los Angeles to play some of these more classical uh, sort of humorous parts. And so anytime, I, I always get a lot of enjoyment from being able to work on a project that allows me to kind of dip my foot in a lot of different musical worlds and blend them together in an interesting way. And so that's always a, it's always a win in my book. Cool. Yeah. On this podcast, Vibrant Visionaries, we often talk with people who are multi-creative or, you know, multi-talented. And so looking at your... Um, website and seeing the different projects you worked on it looks like you really uh, yeah you really embrace uh, many different genres besides the string quartet what other music was involved in the composition of this score yeah so so other than that there's there's a little bit of um like clarinet playing but then a lot of the sounds you hear are me just abusing instruments in my studio and playing them in ways they're really not meant to be played. So, you know, it's bowed guitar and um, lots of strange cello noises and um, bowed piano as well, where you take a either fishing line or actual hair from a, from a violin or cello bow and thread it through the piano strings and work the piano strings that way. So there's some of that kind of sound in it. And then um, a lot of just sort of synthesizer experiments, which I, you know, I'm always fascinated by and love playing around in that world. So it's kind of a kind of a big combination of everything. And then the um, the the main sort of live component was this string quartet. Gotcha. And how did you how did you start experimenting with this the bowed techniques and messing around with stuff and doing things in an unconventional way like that? Uh, well, I, you know, I, I, I got my um, graduate degree from uh, California Institute of the Arts. And when I was there, kind of, there was a lot of experimentation um, encouraged. And so I, I, you know, I think I really started kind of branching out there and trying a lot of new things. And so I think, and, and it's, I would say these days, most film composers are kind of after we're, we're, most of us are after unique sounds and sounds that are either uniquely us or, or things that, you know, we, we, we tend to like things that at least I like tend to like things that people haven't necessarily heard before or are, are familiar, but not quite recognizable. And so it's really just, it's also just a fun space to play around in. So that uh, there's there just so many creative opportunities in, in exploring sounds, and that's half the fun for me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much yeah. for taking the time to talk with me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Where would you like to point people as far as like social links or other projects coming up or anything? Well, you can always find me, uh, Robert Allaire, on Spotify. 
and then and Twitter and Instagram, all the kind of usual suspects. And then uh, my next project is I'm working on a I'm just starting work on a feature called See You Then by a director named uh, Mari Walker, um, which is about a transgender relationship. And it's it's a very interesting film. And I'm kind of excited to dive into that next. And, you know, from there, we'll we'll see what's next. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely keep an eye out for that and point people to it uh, when it's available or starting to pop up out there. Cool. Great. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank All you. Right. My pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening to Vibrant Visionaries. Again, my name is Heidi Bennett. And if you're new to listening to the podcast and you're curious what a vibrant visionary is, it's someone who is a creator skilled in a variety of disciplines who combines their many talents to bring the world innovative, groundbreaking, culturally impactful art and entertainment. So these are filmmakers, artists, musicians, comedians, people like that. People who bring us really interesting, thought-provoking, cool shit. (laughs) So if you go to vibrantvisionaries.com, you'll see all sorts of episodes there that you can listen to. And those are the people I hang out with over on Patreon as well. Listeners to the podcast who are also um, part of the community. So check out patreon.com. Join the community, the Vibrant Visionaries Clubhouse there. If you've been enjoying listening to Vibrant Visionaries, feel free to tell a friend who you think might be into it as well. Just point them to VibrantVisionaries.com or maybe one of your favorite episodes. I really appreciate it and love the opportunity to expand our community. Special thanks goes out to David Smith for editing this podcast. We'll see you next time and ciao for now.